when Matt asked what style of music I wanted, he texted me like 9 p.m. and I had been drinking and I just put Bossa Nova thinking that he would understand it was a joke and he clearly didn't understand that it was a joke because now I'm surrounded by Bossa Nova instrumentalists. Perfect. Yeah, I thought you were serious. No. Well, I'm, I'm generally not serious. Well, we got a whole group in for you. All right. <laughs> and hi, my name is Matt Griffo, and this is Then This Happened Musical Stories, where a true story is told and musical improvisers cut in and out, moving the story along. Again, it is actually improvised. People keep messaging me like, that's cool, you all wrote this beforehand. And I'm like, no, we are in the room. We're all here. Musicians, hello. Hey. Hey. We're all improvising it. We don't know, we don't even know what the story is that's going to be told. We don't even know each other's names. Um, <laughs> yeah, so here we are. We're all together. First time I'm playing with all, actually, all of these musicians, I've never played with them before. Leo's in the other room, in the in the living room, and we're all in a bedroom. Uh, and so that's magical. And we have Jason. We're all in a tiny space. Just to get a visual of how tight this is. Um, and let's go into it. This is Jason Lord telling the story. Hi, my name is Jason Lord. I'm going to be talking about the Halley's Comet Panic of 1910 and why it was the Y2K of its time. So comets, nobody knows for certain where they come from. A lot of astronomers think they come from the Oort cloud, which is this huge spherical place right outside of our solar system where there's a bunch of basically snowballs. Um, in fact, a lot of scientists believe that most of the Earth's water comes from these snowballs because every once in a while they get knocked off their course and they get dragged into the orbit of the sun and then they go around and around in a circle and occasionally they splash into the Earth. And many, many millions of years ago, that's how our oceans were created. And it's a good thing that that happened because we wouldn't be here if the water didn't exist to create human beings. So the, the name comet comes from the term long-haired star. And where this name comes from is the fact that every comet has a tail. And that tail is essentially the water burning off as it gets closer and closer to the sun. There's thousands of comets orbiting the sun at any given time. Why do we talk about Halley's Comet? Well, it just so happens that Halley's Comet is not only the only one that we can see regularly, but also the only one that is regular in our ability to see it. It comes about once a lifetime, around every 75 years. Uh, the last one to come was in 1986 which I was six years old and I was hitting that really important period in any young boy's life when he just starts uh, giving up dinosaurs and instead going into astronomy. And I wanted to be an astronomer with every fiber of my 50-pound body. Uh, and so I was super excited when I found out about Halley's Comet and I remember begging my parents to take me to Burger King where they were offering as a children's toy a special Halley's Comet viewing binoculars, which in retrospect makes no sense. Uh, you could just look at the sky or use binoculars, but at the time, because they were Halley's Comet specific, I needed the Halley's Comet binoculars. Now, a lot of astronomers say that the 1986 appearance was one of the worst appearances uh, because of visibility and how far away Halley's Comet was, but it didn't matter to me because presumably that was the only time I was going to see it. Because Halley's Comet comes once every 75 years or so, it's interesting to think of time in Halley's Comets. It sort of compresses history. The last Halley's Comet before me was the death of Mark Twain. 
And interesting before that was the birth of Mark Twain. He was born under Halley's Comet, and he also died under Halley's Comet, which is what he predicted would happen. comment was named after the English astronomer Edmund Haley. The thing about Edmund Haley is nobody knows how to pronounce his name because he didn't know how to pronounce his name. He alternately would call himself Edmund Hawley, Edmund Haley, um, probably other things. At the time, 1750, people didn't really care about spelling their own names any particular way. And so the records show it a lot of different ways. Is it Edmund? It is I. Hello, sir. What's what's your last name? Uh, Haley. Hello, Edmund Haley. You can call me Edmund Haley. Haley. Or you can call me Edmund Holly. Should I say Holly. Edmund Holly or? You can call me Edmund Hey Hey. Hey. Is it Edmund Hey Hey? You can call me Edwin Highlight. Highlight. I just just pick one. Call me whatever the heck you want to. Uh, Doesn't matter, cause I'm already in your history books. Wait a minute. So which Ed, is it Edmund Haley? Haley Holly Halley Halley Haley. interesting figure. He was an inventor, an astronomer, a geophysicist, a mathematician, a meteorologist, a physicist, but he also believed that the Earth was hollow and that there was another planet inside of our planet where people lived. So he wasn't right about everything. One thing he was right about was the comet that bears his name. It's not that he was the first one to spot it. In fact, the very first mention of Halley's Comet was in 2040 BC in China. But what Edmund Halley correctly predicted is that it would show up in 1705. Historically, the appearance of Halley's Comet was assumed to be an omen.
Hillman. In 1066, when the comet first appeared in history books, in English history books, Harold II of England died at the Battle of Hastings and William the Conqueror claimed the throne. When it came back in 1456, the Ottoman Empire was invaded uh, by the Kingdom of Hungary. And then 1644, the English believed that the comet caused the outbreak of a plague and a fire that burned down London. In 1910, some superstitious people believe that the comet killed England's King Edward VII, and the French believe that the comet caused the Seine River to flood. It's that 1910 Halley's Comet that we're here to talk about, and the panic that it started. Uh, it started with a Frenchman named Camille Flammarion. He was an astronomer, and he had used spectroscopy to detect cyanogen in the tail of the comet. And Flammarion had calculated that during this particular appearance in 1910, the orbit was such that the Earth would actually pass through the tail of the comet. He reckoned when that happened that the cyanogen gas would impregnate the atmosphere, quote, and possibly snuff out all of the life on the planet. The New York Times helpfully pointed out that cyanogen is such a deadly poison, just a grain of potassium salt touched to the tongue is sufficient to cause instant death. When the press reported Flammarion's predictions, people naturally freaked out. A shepherd in Washington state was reported to have gone insane with worry about the comet, and in California, a prospector nailed his feet and one hand to a cross, and despite his agony, pleaded with rescuers to let him remain there. Churches found themselves packed to the brim with worried followers, while at home people were going so far as to plug up keyholes to keep out the comet's vapors, and women stuffed cloth in the door frames to block out the deadly cynogen gas. Gas masks flew off the shelf, and just like in Y2K, when people were, you know, selling toasters that were Y2K compliant, there was hucksters when, whenever there's panic, and hucksters created special anti-comet umbrellas that were supposedly to, uh, going to protect against the comet dust, and anti-comet pills, which were an elixir for escaping the wrath of the heavens. There was a voodoo doctor in Haiti who was making and selling pills as fast as they could possibly be made. Even in Texas, two charlatans were arrested for marketing sugar pills as cure-all for all things Comet, but then the police released them when people demanded their freedom so that they could sell and buy more pills. And much like Y2K, there was enormous tension. Many were on bended knees in the streets and parks. And then the Comet came, and it passed, and nobody died from it and there was dancing in the streets. The next one will be in 2061. Scientists say it will be better positioned for observation than the last apparition that I saw, because it will be on the same side of the sun as the Earth. I'll be 81 if I live to see it, and I'd be one of the few lucky folks who, like Mark Twain, experienced two sightings in their lifetime. And if, like Twain, it heralds my passing on into cosmic dust, I too will be satisfied.
Today on Ukulele Bass is Adam House. On percussion, we have Leo Pena. Elan Samoa is on classical guitar. On chambered electric acoustic guitar, we have Mercedes Sarah Landazuri. For the vocalists, we have me, Matt Griffo, Drake Schrader, Kathleen Gibson, and Carrie Morrison, and Jason Lord telling the story of Haley's Comet. Send this to anybody who is into music and stories, anybody who is really into space. Check out the Patreon. I have patreon.com slash Matt Griffo. You'll see photos there, more information on how the show's put together, and other projects that, that we're working on. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you listening. And it helps so much to leave reviews and share. So you are great, and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>